0: It is 926 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is what the God, the 27th of November already, 2023. And this is episode 825 of Bitcoin. And well, I got to get back into the swing of things. So bear with me as I fumble and stumble around. All right. It's, you know, I only was able to do that one show on Friday last week, had a week off. Uh, It was a really, really wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope everybody else's Thanksgiving was good as well. But now we're back into the thick of things with all manner of shit happening left and right. We're going to start it off with this one. MicroStrategy stock hits nearly a two-year high. This is out of Decrypt and it's written by Ryan Ozawa shares of Bitcoin bull enterprise business firm MicroStrategy closed comfortably above $500 per share on Black Friday, a high watermark it hasn't seen since December of 2021, (laughs) amassing a market cap of, boys and girls, $7.3 billion, according to the New York-based Tech Heavy Exchange. Microstrategy's long strategy on holding the top cryptocurrency is proven to be a winning one. Although it started the year with a quarterly loss, its stock price doubled within a month. Wow. God. Two, from 250 to 500 and Wow. Holy crap. The, the company is one of the largest institutional holders of Bitcoin, which its founder and chairman, Michael Saylor, started buying back in August of 2020 as a hedge against inflation. Quote, That's why all of us are fairly bullish over the next 12 months. Demand's going to increase, supply's going to decrease, and this is fairly unprecedented in the history of Wall Street, Saylor told CNBC. The news only got better from there. By April, MicroStrategy's Bitcoin holdings were in the green. Hold on for a second. Hold on. I gotta gotta adjust something. Gotta be careful about some things here. Hold on. Needed to make sure something was off. All right. The news only got better from there. By April, MicroStrategy's Bitcoin holdings were in the green. The price of Bitcoin rose above $30,000. And with the purchase of an additional 1,045 Bitcoin, increasing its total holdings to one hundred and forty. Bitcoin, the average purchase price of the more than $4 billion in the digital asset fell to $29,803 per coin. In its second quarter earnings report, brought with it a $24 million Bitcoin impairment charge. But MicroStrategy as a company was profitable again, and the largest publicly traded company with Bitcoin on its balance sheet continued buying BTC, amassing $152,000 800 coins now worth about $4.4 billion. At this point, even though Bitcoin was making a comeback, the stock of companies with Bitcoin exposure performed even better than the cryptocurrency itself, which was already up 87% this year. While its most recent quarterly report issued in early November, the company posted a net loss of $143.4 million, million a much deeper shade of red than the $27 million loss reported in the same period last year. And yet, MicroStrategy kept buying Bitcoin. Another 6,067 Bitcoin was acquired for $167 million. The company now holds approximately 0.75% of Bitcoin's total circulating supply, so that, you know, honestly, with all that Bitcoin and we're, he's still under 1% of the total supply of Bitcoin, you know, I, I just, because so many people are thinking that Michael Saylor has entirely too much Bitcoin. And I don't think anybody can ever say that about themselves. We never have enough Bitcoin and I, I don't think Sailor is any different. And since he is allowed to buy it in the open, uh that's what Michael Saylor is planning on doing, but still I thought it was more than 0.75% of Bitcoin's total circulating supply. But still 150 some odd thousand Bitcoin, that's that's a lot that's a lot of Bitcoin. So it but he's not going to escape the fact that his company is still not profitable on the other side of the equation. He's a software intelligence building company. That's what they do. They build intelligence software, software that runs through data software that helps companies figure out what's going on with all of their stuff. And he's, Posting losses and $27 million in the same period last year as this hundred and what? Good Lord. What was he? What was he down? Uh, let's see. Impairment charge, uh, net loss of $143.4 million. That's not the best news in the world. Of course, we're in a recession and that's clear, even though nobody in the news will actually tell you that, but we are in a recession. So it's, it's not surprising that he's not selling as much of his uh company's product as he normally would but you never know what's going to happen next i'm getting i'm hearing reports that the fed is going to be the most dovish central bank of all the central banks in the world this year this coming year in 2024 that's yet to be seen but it's it's possible it's very possible i won't say probable but it's very possible because this shit, this, this continued acceleration of interest rates spiking to where they have landed now, has really not done what the Federal Reserve thought it was going to do. It's sure, it, it gets a little bit of the inflation under control. And if, even though the, the numbers of the CPI are fixed and fixed in their favor, it does show that they have affected something. But what have they lost in, on the other side? People are losing their jobs. Businesses aren't spending as much. There, there's a cost to keep getting interest rates down. And this is what always happens when you try to adjust variables. And especially when you adjust variables way fast, is that other things that are affected by those variables get out of control and they can actually accelerate even quicker. And I think that that's where we're all at. So it would not surprise me in the least if in 2024 we find the Federal Reserve start to actually stepping back on their interest rates. Because I don't think that it's done what they thought it was going to do or at least what they hoped it was going to do. But we've got other fish to fry. Binance's Shangpeng Zhao is a manageable flight risk, according to the United States Department of Justice, Sam Reynolds, Coindesk. The United States Department of Justice doesn't want Shang-Pang Zhao locked up until sentencing, but it doesn't want him to leave the United States either, arguing in a new filing that he is a flight risk that can be managed. Late last week, CZ's counsel argued that the very fact that he, a non-U.S. citizen, holding UAE and Canadian passports voluntarily entered the U.S. to appear before a court represents that he's not a flight risk. Quote, Based on all the relevant facts, facts, including Mr. Zhao's voluntary self-surrender, his intent to resolve the case, and the sizable bail package he proposed, Judge Tushida found that Mr. Zhao represents no risk of flight, even while residing in the UAE, last week's filing said. But, U.S. attorneys pushed back on that, arguing that the potential severity of the sentence would give Zhao incentive to flee back to the UAE, which has no extradition treaty with the United States last week. Prosecutors said Zhao, as a citizen of the UAE, had minimal ties to the United States and may not return should he be allowed to leave. Quote, The reality is, that the top end of the guidelines range may be as high as 18 months, and the United States is free to argue that any sentence up to the statutory maximum of 10 years may be imposed. Quote, the penalties he faces at sentencings will no doubt seem significant to him, and that weighs in favor of the reasonable restrictions that the United States is proposing. End quote. On Tuesday, Zal pled guilty for breaking anti-money laundering laws in the United States and stepped down as Binance's CEO. The exchange, meanwhile, pleading guilty to multiple criminal and civil charges while agreeing to pay $4.3 billion in penalties, which is amongst the largest corporate fine in the history of the United States Department of Justice. (laughs) Fellow former exchange executive Sam Bankman-Fried, who is also awaiting sentencing, remains in custody. So... I don't know. There's nowhere that shang Peng Zhao could actually run. For instance, if he goes back to the UAE, let's say that 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 the judge says, you know what, U.S. attorneys, I, I just no, we're gonna let him go. We're gonna let him go back to the UAE. We think he'll come back. You know, we'll, we'll do all the all the stuff, and he'll come back. He'll come back. Um, even if he didn't, honestly. The guy is so high profile, his face so well known, he'd have to just stay in the UAE pretty much for the rest of his natural born life. And I'm not exactly certain that Shang Peng Zhao would get any jail time at all that wasn't automatically deferred by the courts because of the massive amount of fines and penalties that he himself and his company have agreed to pay. And I don't like the fact that people that are very, very rich get out of jail free, but I'm not certain that CZ really is going to end up seeing the inside of a jail. Sam Bankman, Fred, on the other hand, is a different story, but I won't get into that because I'm just thinking about Shang Peng Zhao, right? He can't go anywhere. Like if you went back to the UAE and started and said, no, he's never coming back to the United States at that point, he can only stay in the UAE or go to some other country that also doesn't have extradition rules. But the minute that he's in the air, the minute that he starts getting in, having to file through airports or even at, you know, private airstrips, he becomes very vulnerable to the United States long arm of justice if that's what you want to call it. So I'm not certain that he's actually a flight risk. If he was easily disguisable, it'd be one thing. If he if his face hadn't been plastered over everything, so any any almost any idiot can actually identify this dude, then yeah, I'd suppose that he might be a flight risk, but I honestly don't think he actually is. Eh, you be the judge. Now, On to a little bit of mining news. We've been wondering about this notion of the notion of Stratum V2. And Stratum V2 is like a software that allows miners, no matter where they are, to have a piece of software operating in the background that automatically switches mining pools given various variables that they set. And there's a version of this that actually works, but Stratum V2 apparently takes it to the next level. But nobody really has implemented it. Until today, demand launches world's first Stratum V2 Bitcoin mining pool. Nick Hoffman, Bitcoin Magazine, Bitcoin mining company, Demand has announced today that the world's inaugural Stratum V2 mining pool, according to a press release sent to Bitcoin magazine, is up and running. This pool, built on the open-source Stratum reference implementation, aims to usher in a new era for mining by introducing enhanced security, flexibility, and performance. The protocol, Stratum V2, marks a significant leap forward from its predecessor, according to the release offering a suite of improvements that not only elevate mining capabilities, but also champion a more decentralized mining landscape. Alejandro De La Torre, Demand's co-founder and CEO, stated, quote With Stratum V2 and our new solo mining pool, we aim to make home mining more attractive, which should in effect help decentralize the Bitcoin mining ecosystem and improve the health of the Bitcoin network overall. A key feature of V2, Stratum V2, is its empowerment of individual miners to construct their own block templates. Traditionally, mining pool operators wielded control over transaction selection, posing centralization risks vulnerable to potential regulatory pressures for transaction censorship. Stratum v2 now grants mining pool users the autonomy to select transactions for block inclusion, fostering a more decentralized network resistant to censorship. Quote, because Bitcoin mining is overwhelmingly done through mining pools, transaction selection has become relatively centralized. Only a few mining pool operators can essentially decide to collude and prevent that certain transactions ever confirm, demand co-founder and SRI project lead Filippo Merli said. Quote, Stratum V2 gives the power of transaction selection back to the individual miners to make the mining ecosystem more decentralized and Bitcoin more censorship resistant. To harness Stratum V2's capabilities, miners will need to run pools translator proxy using the pool's config file alongside a job declaration client and set up a Bitcoin core node to receive transactions via Bitcoin's peer-to-peer network. Demand plans to incentivize miners to create block templates by reducing fees for these users, promoting increased full node participation and bolstering the Bitcoin ecosystem. Currently. Demand exclusively caters to solo miners, providing them with the opportunity to find blocks independently, ensuring that the entire block reward accrues to the successful solo miner. Additionally, demand facilitates hash power resale on a marketplace, ensuring users maximize their earnings either by participating in mining or redirecting hash power to the highest bidder. Looking ahead, demand anticipates expanding its services to encompass pooled mining fostering a collaborative environment where users share profits amongst themselves. Okay, so the two big takeaways here are that demand is specifically saying themselves from their own announcement and press releases that they want to incentivize home mining. This is important because generally speaking, home miners might have one to six you know, old S nines laying around, right? Or, or one or two of the more high end miners that have come on the marketplace in the last few months. All right. Okay. That's good because they're, they're actually putting their money where their mouth is. I mean, we have to actually watch what they do and worry about that more than what they say. But all we have right now is what they say. And what they say is something that I like hearing again. Actions speak louder than words. But the second part is the incentivization for solo miners to pick their own transaction or block templates and incentivize them by making their fees or either giving them more fees or or they're just incentivizing that the solo miners pick their own templates. And this is good too. Because as a solo, like I'm not a solo miner, but if I was a solo miner, I'd be having to know a lot more than I already do about mining, right? And then I'd have to know a lot more to go, well, now I've got to really dig deep into templates. So this is kind of a forcing function. Demand is kind of demanding that solo miners learn even more about mining structure the mining infrastructure, the way it works, how templates work because i can't think of i can't think of any other reason that they would monetarily incentivize solo miners to pick their own templates cuz they know what that means. They know that means that they now the solo miners have to learn something new and they're they're kind of forcing that issue. I think that that's good. Because one of the things that we've lost as a people on the planet is our desire to learn how to do something that, one, we don't know how to do, and two, that which might be difficult, right? It's almost as if we've just absolutely lost our stomach for learning how to do something that's hard to do, hard to learn, hard to continue to execute it's like we just got weak and here we have this this mine this mining pool demand mining pool that is seemingly trying to move in the opposite direction and get people to learn how to do this and this is good so again actions will always speak louder than words we'll have to wait and see but i like everything that i've read here and the Thing that I like the most is that somebody finally is fucking using Stratum V2. How long this shit has been out in the wind forever and ever and ever. And finally, finally, somebody got the gumption and decided to actually use it for their mining pool. Thank God. Now, on to Kathy Woods, who is basically fire selling grayscale Bitcoin trust shares. She and ARC. Invest sold, get this, $5 million worth of Grayscale Bitcoin Trust shares last week. While everybody was worried about Turkey, Kathy Woods was cutting cutting and running on Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Now, this is out of Coindesk written by Jamie Crawley. Kathy Woods' ARK Invest sold more shares in Grayscale Bitcoin Trust last week, offloading $163,700 to earn $5.02 million at closing prices, while the investment vehicle's discount to its net asset value narrowed to the least in more than two years. The sale took the November total of shares dropped by the next-generation Internet ETF, ARKW, to 579000 earning it a total of $16.9 million based on the relevant day's closing share price. ARK Invest often loads up on crypto-related shares when they have experienced a downturn trend and sells them as they look more bullish to banks and profits. That's called buying low and selling high. The discount shrank to 8.6% on Friday. 8.6% discount. Remember, I'm pausing to say this. Remember when that discount was like 22%? That was a huge discount. There was a massive differential between what the actual price of Bitcoin was versus what you could buy a share of Grayscale Bitcoin trust for in relation to the price of Bitcoin. And now from 22% or whatever it was, it was like really high, it was definitely in the 20s, is now shrank to 8.6%. And that's the lowest since July of 2021 in a sign of escalating optimism that a spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund will finally be approved in the U.S. Analysts attributed the improvement to Grayscale's meeting with the Securities and Exchange Commission about turning the trust into a spot Bitcoin ETF. The discount hit a record low of almost fi- oh 50% last December. So I'm way wrong, guys. I thought the maximum discount price was 22%. No, it actually hit 50% last year at this time because we're almost into December. Holy mother of God. So Kathy unloading a shitload of Grayscale Bitcoin trust shares, banking some profits. What does that mean for Bitcoin? Nothing. It means nothing for Bitcoin. So for the people that are over there on Twitter, I I don't know, but I assume that there are people on Twitter going, look, Bitcoin's dying. Kathy Woods, who loves Bitcoin, is selling grayscale Bitcoin trust shares. That's not Bitcoin. That is a, that's an instrument. It's a derivative. It's not Bitcoin. She's not selling Bitcoin. She's selling the fact that She was buying probably when this discount was like way, 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 way more than it is now. And now that it's in single digits, she's going to take some profit because that's who Kathy Wood is. Don't think that Kathy Wood is a Bitcoiner. She's an investment gal. Okay. She's an investment gal. She's going to buy low. She's going to sell high. So don't be surprised at any of this, but this has nothing at all to do with Bitcoin. So just... Keep that shit in mind, please. Now, on to Cointelegraph. And who is writing this one? None other than Zhijuan Sun. Standard Chartered joins China's CBDC pilot testing. Yes, Standard Chartered is a British bank. The British multinational bank, Standard Chartered, will partake in trials of China's digital yuan, central bank digital currency, one of the first foreign banks to do so in the country according to the november 27th announcement standard chartered through its partner city bank clearing services company will allow its clients to purchase exchange and redeem ecny within its bank accounts quote as an international bank rooted in the chinese market for 165 years standard chartered is optimistic about the development prospects of the digital Remembi, said Z there's no way I can pronounce it, Zilai Zhang, president of Standard Chartered China. The bank will also join China's ECNY CBDC pilot testing program, which is currently ongoing with twenty six cities and provinces. Standard Chartered stated that its areas of exploration include cross border merchant payments, trade financing, and supply chain financing. Last year, Standard Charter participated in the Multilateral Central Bank Digital Currency Bridge Proof of Concept Test Project in Hong Kong for providing cross-border payment settlement services for retail and enterprise clients. In May of 2023, Standard Chartered and PricewaterhouseCoopers China jointly released the report Central Bank Digital Currency to Create a Future Banking Ecosystem, which discussed the application prospects of CBDCs in the world of retail, trade, and supply chain finance. On November the 25th, China Central Bank published a white paper titled, quote, A Cross-Border E-Commerce Business-to-Business Digital Remembi Application Solution. End quote. The document called for commercial payment processors to integrate the ECNY-CBDC, for consumer transactions. Since its inception in 2020, ECNY transactions have surpassed $253.6 billion US while the number of wallets has surged to 120 million. What does it mean? It means that the Chinese CBDC just got another set of legs, which is what you didn't want to see. I know I didn't want to see it I want this project to die. But here's the sad truth. You're going to have to deal with China's CBDC as a living, breathing, walking around, ugly son of a bitch. It's happening. There's nothing anybody can do about it. And now that Standard Chartered, one of Britain's banks, okay, this is a British bank. It is a foreign bank is now engaging directly in this project. That's not good news. No, it is not good news. I wish it weren't so, but it is. And this is not going to be the last foreign bank that throws their hat in the ring on the Chinese CBDC. So what does all that mean? That means that the United States just got one more reason to do their own CBDC. They have one more reason as of today than they did yesterday to do a CBDC. Will they? I don't know. There's a lot of pressure in Washington for them not to do it, but this shit doesn't help because Britain is one of the United States closest and longest running allies in the world and it's a nato it's a nato state right this isn't like i don't know like um, kuwait like the kuwaiti bank wants to throw in with china and do this shit fine whatever no one really cares but britain people care keep that shit in mind now let's run the numbers Okay, here we are at CNBC Futures and Commodities. They got oil. Uh West Texas Intermediate is down half a point, $75.13 a barrel. Brenton North C, likewise, down half a point to just over 80 bucks a barrel. Natural gas is down 3.15%, $2.76 per thousand cubic feet. And gasoline is up one point to $2.18 a gallon. Gold is up a third of a point. To two thousand and ten dollars an ounce, silver is up one point three five percent platinum is down one and a half. copper is down three quarters of a point. palladium is down one and two thirds of a point. Ag is fully mixed today. The biggest winner is gonna be sugar one point one five percent to the upside. biggest loser today appears to be wheat two point seven three percent to the downside. Live cattle is up scant lean hogs are up a third. Feeder cattle are down ugh, almost two full points. The Dow is down a quarter of a point. S&P is down scant. NASDAQ is up a quarter of a point. And the S&P mini is down 0.2%. Uh, where are bonds at? Bonds are mostly in the red today. So their ch- their yields have actually decreased today. Except for the one, two, and three months, everything else is in the red I got the 20-year yielding 4.75%, the 10-year yielding 4.41%, and the 30-year is yielding 4.5%. The dollar index is down today, but only slightly. 103.39 is what I got on the dollar index. It is continuing its decline since a few weeks ago. Uh, Let's see, when was that first part of the decline? Yeah, on uh, Halloween, uh, the thirty-first of October is when we started the decline, and we've just gone down uh, from there. So there you go for that one. <clears throat> now, uh, Bitcoin having some struggles today, thirty-seven thousand and ninety-five dollars. Uh, some of these uh, prices are, uh, some of the prices I've seen are actually below thirty-seven. To like uh, I, earlier today, I saw thirty-six six. I thought saw thirty-six seven. So it's bouncing around. Uh, there's weak, general weakness because we, I guess we just live on hype and we haven't had any good news about an ETF. And apparently that's, that's all that Bitcoin needs to, to be successful. It's not the complete failure state of every fiat you know, currency in the world. No, no, no. It's all about the ETF. It's all bullshit, but there you go. Average transaction values are 0. 0.4 BTC. Median transaction values are $0.20, which means that ordinals are ruling the day in mempools today. 10 minutes and 55 seconds is quite a high count for block times. I've got 0.65 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis and 83.8 taken overall in the last 24-hour period and with an 11% drop in hash rate, we're down to 470.9 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator is Dogecoin, 7.8 United States pennies. Now, we have a $721.9 billion market cap. That is now 5.36% of, of gold's market cap. And you can now only purchase 18.5 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,554,000. 361.78 of and 5,361 and a half of those are in the lightning network valued at $198.0 million. $0. 000, 000, 000. Sorry, I just flipped over. Total nodes, 14,589. Total channels, 61,840 that we can see. Uh, and percentage of tour capacity is 79 0.8%. So we are now back under 80% on all the stuff that's running over Tor. Mempools, as you might imagine, are packed and stacked. In fact, we're looking at over 300 blocks carrying 234,000 unconfirmed transactions waiting to clear at priority rates of 71 satoshis per vbyte. Low priorities are selling for 61 satoshis per vbyte anything under 12.6 satoshis per vbyte are being purged for mempools around the world. Now, the mining hash rate I'm getting over on mempool.space is reflecting the last number. So I'm pretty sure that we are right around 429.4 exahashes per second. And we had a 5% difficulty increase uh, either yesterday or the day before. We are now at an all-time high on difficulty for Bitcoin mining. Now, when it comes to where I am on the charts and Fountain, I'm not. Why? Because I didn't bring you any shows over the Thanksgiving week and I got busted down to rank private. But from the And It's Gone episode, which was episode 824, we have Fat Toshi with 21,021 021 says, Dear Mr. Bennett, you deserve more SATs. Apparently, Argentina has billions of dollars circulating, Coin Bureau told me. Okay. So if so, what he's saying is is my statement saying where is he going to get the dollars? Where is Javier Milei going to get the dollars to dollarize Argentina? What Fatoshi's is saying is that there's a whole shit ton of dollars actually circulating in Argentina right now. And while true, That's not in control directly of the government. It's, well, not all of it. Some of it is. Maybe even, you know, most of it is. But even then, Javier's going to need a lot more dollars than what's circulating in Argentina to functionally dollarize the country. That's my opinion. But I appreciate Fatoshi, as I always do. Jen and Indy with 5,000 says, boost. And she's watching Lord of the Rings on Thanksgiving. <laughs> and uh, North the North Hodel, 2121 Sat says, for the title alone, Dubrovko with 1330 says, I just recommended this wallet to my beard barber on Thursday. Axelrod with 1009 says, good show. Glad you're back. Keep motivating to get my node up and let's, <laughs> I think it says LFG, but, I'm going to pause there because I'm not harping enough on you guys not running nodes. I know that there's probably somebody out there that's listening to me that is not running their own node. In fact, I'll bet it's the majority of the people that are listening to me that are not running their own node. You need to. Not to make me happy. Not to keep me from bitching and moaning. No, 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 no. And it's, honestly, it's not even to quote unquote support the Bitcoin and Lightning Network. No, it's because as we are witnessing, and I'll get to it later in the, in the show, as we are witnessing, we've got shit going on with, uh, wallet of Satoshi, right? Being pulled off of the Apple eye stores. Well, now we've got more news, which I'll get to at the later part of the show. But if you had funds on wallet of Satoshi, they're saying you can get it off. I'm hearing reports that some people are unable to get their Satoshis off a wallet of Satoshi. I've already got mine all off. I had no issues. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Because that's not the fucking point. The point is, is that we, as a group of people, need to do the hard thing. Remember what, you know, that famous speech from John F. Kennedy when he was essentially announcing the space program, that's essentially what that speech was. It's the speech where he says, we choose to go to the moon, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. He said it in a slightly different way. He was basically, we, we choose to do all these things because they're not because they're easy, but because they're hard. And what he meant was that as we learn how to do the hard things, and those things then become easier as we do them. Then we have a repository of knowledge to pull upon at times when we need to pull upon them in, in, to, to create things that we never thought would be created before, right? It's like being able to do these hard things and get them to where you have a handle on it so that you know, oh, you know what? Now it's not so hard. It's hard to do it the first time. But once you've done it, it's not hard because you've already done it. It becomes easy. And because you have this repository of things that have become easy in your life, now you can drop upon them when you need to. And in this particular case, with the wallet of Satoshi case, if I had no other repository for my Satoshis, I would have really kind of freaked out a little bit because, you know, I did move my wallet Satoshi's Satoshis over to GetAlbi. Let's say GetAlbi gets hanged and somehow they get a cease and desist letter from the United States Department of Justice. It's not outside the realm of possibility, even though I'm pretty sure GetAlbi is not a United States company. I think they're English. I'm not exactly sure. In either event, something happens. Let's just say something occurs. Right. And then they go down. Well, now I've got to, I've got to get my sats over to something else. Well, the final resting place for all these Satoshis, which is why I never worry about this stuff is my own lightning node. I have a final resting place for my Satoshis because I did the hard work. And honestly, it's not hard. All I did was I bought a Raspberry Pi and then I flashed an SD card with, this, with the software for MyNodeBTC. You can find them at MyNodeBTC.com, I think. It's, it's .com. It doesn't matter. Just all one word, Google MyNodeBTC, you'll find them. I, it didn't take long for me to get my Bitcoin full node up and running. And once it was up and running, the next logical step was to fire up Lightning. And LND, I installed it through the little app store on my Node BTC directly from the interface on my Raspberry Pi. It was not hard. What became hard was understanding incoming liquidity, you know, a little bit of channel balancing, you know, how to look at your, you know, how to understand what's going on. And I'm not an expert at it, but I, what, I, what, what do I now have? I have a final resting place for my Satoshis in fully under my custody. So it's custodial insofar as it's my custody. I am the custodian. I have full control over those Satoshis. And in an emergency situation, all I have to do, because I already have incoming channels, I have outgoing channels. I have a lightning wallet because that you kind of have, that's part and parcel of what comes along with your lightning node is you get a lightning wallet. I can send my Satoshis in an emergency directly to self custody. I don't have to go, Oh shit. I better have this up and running in the next couple of days and then you get your Raspberry Pi in the mail. That's two days burnt. Then it's a three-day initial block download to get your but the, the Bitcoin full node running. And you have to have it first. You have to have that first. Otherwise, lightning can't work because it needs to know what's going on in on the blockchain to be able to function. So then you install that, which only takes a few minutes. But at this point... Ladies and gentlemen, you're almost a week into this project and you're under emergency circumstances that you need to get your Satoshis off of the last place that you can get your Satoshis off of because a letter from the DOJ or the European Central Bank or some other idiot gets their panties in a snit and your last respite, the final resting place that is custodial, not your custody custodial, is about to get. The burned in the fires of hell, and you've got nowhere else to go because you didn't choose to do that which was hard. We have to learn how to do the hard things so that they become easy, so that in times of need, you can draw off of, off of that that you have made easy. Do yourself a favor. If you don't have to get a Raspberry Pi, in fact, one of these days I'm gonna just get a whole laptop that all it does is run a Bitcoin full node because it's got a beefier processor, it's got more memory, and if I have nothing else on it but the the BTC software or possibly even the Start9 software, which I may move to, then it's a powerhouse node. At this point, the Raspberry Pi fours getting a little long in the tooth for being able to run this stuff. But you can pick up a used laptop off of Craigslist or eBay if you're still using that shit or any number of used hardware joints on the internet. You can get a used laptop that will service this well for like a hundred bucks, 200. That's what it would cost you to buy a Raspberry Pi 4 right now anyway. Plus it's already got a good hard drive on it. Just make sure it's an SSD, you know, a solid state drive. All that to say, please at least consider. Don't say that you're going to do it. Don't make, you know, don't let me like say, oh, well, you know, Dave is is losing his mind over there. So now we got to do it. Let's go do it. Don't. Don't do it for that reason. Okay. Just think about it. Start putting it in your head today that it may not be as hard as you think it is. I guarantee you it isn't. And then go look at the different software packages that are available and read what they wrote about it. That's not hard to do. It is time consuming, but it's not hard to do. Read a few of them. Talk to a couple people, ask questions. There's a whole manner of lightning uh, node running groups on Telegram and on Noster. Everybody's willing to help. I guarantee it. But now is we no longer have the time to do this. At least pretend that you're in emergency mode when it comes to going to these places and looking for node software, Bitcoin full node and a lightning network node. Both of them are necessary to, uh, to be able to operate lightning networks. Now, I'm sorry for all that, but just get start thinking about getting your node up. Pies with a thousand says preach on brother pies with another thousand says happy turkey day mofos god's death with 370 says thank you sir no thank you pies with 250 oh shit son kids are with grandparents till sunday so i'm drunk at the strip club when i got the notification happy turkey day mofos bit gus with 200 says boosty boost boost Chaos Chicken with one, two, three says, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you were able to enjoy the time off. I did. Pies with a hundred. Thank you, sir. No, thank you. Fatoshi with a hundred. Thank you, sir. No, thank you. And that's the weather report. Welcome to part two of the uh, news that you can use. I got a note here. I got a note. Let's, where's this note from? This note is from Jack. Right? This note is from Jack in reply to something that a guy named Rabble wrote. So I'm going to read what Rabble wrote first, and then the note from Jack is concerning Noster. Okay, let's. so let's clear our minds. Let's take a deep breath, right? It's not bad news. It's just... I want you to clear your mind of what we were all talking about. We're talking about Noster now, and Noster is important. Rabble says on Noster today, I had a conversation with a friend's acquaintance who expressed a desire to do something about social media, to create something that is ours. She was unfamiliar with Noster and only vaguely aware of Mastodon, though she had heard of Blue Sky and Threads. She represents the ideal target audience for Noster. Once I explained our project, her excitement was palpable. Sorry, palpable. Although initially skeptical about Bitcoin, she did show interest in an economic model not reliant on advertising and was open to exploring alternative models. Several key points emerged from our discussion. Firstly, the ease of joining and locating acquaintances on Noster is crucial. For instance, The process of installing TestFlight, then navigating back to NOS.social to click a link and install NOSTER via TestFlight proved challenging. Her attempt to Google NOSTER nearly led her astray. Ben Ark, I think, this underscores the need for someone with tech marketing communications expertise to overhaul NOSTER.com. The current site should be repositioned as developer.noster.com. We must simplify the process of finding and connecting with known contacts on Noster. It's essential to communicate the value proposition of Noster to new users, whether they learn about it through friends or media. Our focus shouldn't be on creating more content for Bitcoin enthusiasts, as there's already a plethora of information available for those familiar with wallet operations. Another aspect that stood out was Nostr's multi-app nature. Nostr isn't just Domus, NOS, Amethyst, or Obla.News. It's a platform where various apps can operate using the same data, contacts, and services all under the user's control. For those with a developer mindset, the sheer breadth of projects within NOSTER demonstrates the vibrancy and scale of our endeavor. Projecting this magnitude is crucial for attracting users who are deciding where to invest their time. I believe we could benefit from explainer videos that highlight why NOSTER is both important and interesting. During our conversation, I showcased various apps, Primal for a web social feed, Abla and Yakahane for longer form blogging, Flockster for events, Wear, Oster for geolocation, and Highlighter for layering different functionalities. These examples illustrate the diversity and uh, diversity and versatility of our platform. I didn't delve into Noster Nest Marketplaces, Waveleg, Streamster, and more, but it's clear there's much to explore. This conversation has led me to believe that we should proactively share the NOSTER story, positioning it as the future of social networking. This approach will also help us differentiate from platforms like Threads, PixelFed, Mastodon, and BlueSky. While these platforms are based on open protocols, they operate as single-app vertical silos. Our unique offering is the unified login across diverse apps, granting users not just control over their algorithms, but their entire app experience. They can even use multiple apps simultaneously. The impact of a single Thai TikTok video in attracting a Thai user community to Noster exemplifies the power of targeted storytelling. We should harness similar strategies to broaden our reach and influences talking about how this is a whole new way of social not just one app okay now before i read jack's reply to rabble there's a couple of things here that i think are important to understand first it's not social networking okay and that's one of the that's one of the places where we skid off the rails almost immediately why because a lot of people are tired of social networking. They're tired of Facebook. They're tired of Twitter. It's just the only place that they can get information. They know how to use these things already because at first it was hard and now it's easy. And they go back to it because they're leveraging what they've turned from hard to easy, like we were talking about with mining and various other aspects of today's show. They're going back to it because that's how they communicate. They're not as much interested in the social networking anymore. We are marketing and continue to do so, and I'm guilty of it too, that NOSTER is about social networking. It is not. NOSTER is a radical new communications protocol that is tied to identity in a way that no other communication protocol or social networking app is or ever will be because it's not in the best interest of the people that own the silos. That's the key marketing differential here, is that Noster is not social networking, but it can be. Noster is not not just marketplaces like Craigslist but it can be. It's not blogging, but it can be. It's not social media, but it can be. It's not music, but it can be. It's not all, think of in, events and geolocation and calendars. It can be all of that. And all of it is tied to a single identity under your control. Nobody can tell you where you can go. That's the marketing push that we should be making and we're not making it. And I am a shitty marketer and even I know this. So one thing comes out of what I read from Rabble. We have to stop talking about Noster in the light and the lens of being social media because it's that and a whole lot more. So if we can start fabricating our storytelling around the issue that Noster is about unrelenting communications that cannot be stopped by a third party, then I think we'll get more traction. I think we will. Now, here's what Jack has to say about all of it. Let's see what he's thinking. While I agree, it would be good to have more content to explain Noster. It won't really matter given the current onboarding and product experience. It's way too confusing for folks and generally not satisfying instantly. People will will and do churn out. If there's one thing to focus on for the social media use case, it's search. Both for people, but more importantly, topics. Twitter won because of search. It wasn't a social network. It was an information network and it excelled at real time because of real time search. That's a base requirement now. What Nostra adds, and what will make it sticky, is the multi-app slash use case ecosystem, but each use case is going to have different needs for attracting different people to it. Search is table stakes for the social media one. It won't matter how good the tutorial content is until this is done right. Nostra has the benefit right now of having a completely open and wild API. That matters as every other service is closing down. It's perfectly okay that we mostly have devs and Bitcoin obsessives at the moment. We have time to get all the kinks out and make something that's truly hard to replicate, where the only way to compete will be to join. All right, so... I I do not discount what Jack says. And if I were you, I wouldn't either because love him or hate him. He knows what he's talking about. He's done this before. So the search is something that even, even I'm looking for, I need better search. I need way better search. Okay. And all of us do. So, What Jack adds to what I was saying about marketing is simply that a Noster should not be deemed or should not be shown only in the light of social media, but he adds to it by saying that the one functionality of an information network is to be able to search for information in a way that's intuitive, a way that works and a way that returns relevant information to the user. We're going to also have to work on this onboarding thing. You know, it's a little confusing. Private and public key pairs. Remember what I was saying about the thing that is difficult that you need to make easy? Well, there are going to always be people that just don't want to. And these are the people that we need to reach out to. What will this entail? Sadly, it's most likely going to be a third-party vendor that holds your keys and acts like the head of Twitter. And what I mean by the head of Twitter is that you put in your email, you give them a phone number, maybe your address, maybe some credit card information. I don't want to see it. But honestly, the person that does that is, if, if you can remain a moral person, If you can remain an ethical person, you'll probably do all right until at such time the Department of Justice decides that they don't like your ass either. But NOSTER is is too important. It's too important of a potential ecosystem to not fight for. So if you're out there, you're listening to my voice, start shifting your narrative from NOSTER being social media to being an information network. Do that at least. Now, Pablo, a few days ago, I had lunch with Dergiji and he told me about this awesome idea, a relay that rejects long notes. This morning, I woke up thinking about it. Now it's live. Welcome to WSS colon forward slash forward slash 140.f7z.io. It has a 140 character limit with a pretty strict moderation. So spam should basically be non-existent. It also sucks short notes from other relays. So it's global should actually be useful. Check it out. P.S., no coincidences, I saw this Fiat Joff uh, Joff note now, uh, by the way, and the note is not rendering, so I don't know what Fiat Joff said about it. So, I've tried it. And what I I had to do, because I didn't want it to, before I put it into my relay list, I used a different NPUB and uh, NSEC key pair, the one that I'd set up for Beef Initiative, just to test it out. And it works beautifully. So what happens when you add this relay to your already existing you know, list of relays? Not much, <clears throat> and here's why. Because your other relays are getting long notes. You really won't see a difference. So where does this come in handy at? I'm not necessarily certain. Other than a completely different set of insects. Or a, a completely different insect, you know, a private key, a completely different nostril identity, and that that's the only relay, and it's specifically used to read short notes. Why is this just as as important as anything else, even though it's not really in, in impacting me in any way? Now that I've got it on my main relay list for my main Nunya business account, because it shows what a relay can do and act as a filter. The relay itself is more than just the relay. The relay is a valve. It has different size screens on it. Think of a water inlet or a water treatment plant. All the sewage comes downhill. It slams into the sewage treatment plant. Solids are separated. Water is purified given certain parameters. And then that water is released on downstream. You can think of a relay like that. Depending on the parameters that are resident in the relay, different notes get selected for, different notes get filtered out, different notes are allowed to go downstream. See how this works? Relays, the relay part of NOSTER is, well, clearly it's critical infrastructure because that's how the protocol is built. But it's one of these things that we go, oh, well, Noster operates off of relays. Great. That means that this is the infrastructure, but we're not looking or some of us are not looking at what that portion of the Noster infrastructure has the potential, has the capability to become. It will these each relay themselves can become something that we've never witnessed before. We don't know what it could become. right now. It's the foundation upon which the protocol exists. We all understand that part, but we don't understand what else a foundation can do for us. And that's what Pablo had demonstrated right here with a single relay that only accepts 140 character notes and passes those notes and goes, finds uh, find other notes that are below the 141 character threshold limit to be able to display and pass around the horn. We don't know what else is in store for all the rest of these developers. We don't know what they're going to come up with next. This seems simple, but it demonstrates what the Relay Network itself, apart from us communicating our thoughts on Bitcoin over it, can do. And that's important. It's critical, in fact. Now, Simplex has made an announcement. They are linking their mobile app and their desktop app via a quantum-resistant protocol. I won't get into it, but if you're using Simplex as a encrypted messaging chat, and it's a good one, now you can link it and use it on your phone and your desktop. It's going to be great. For those of you guys that use it, let me know if it's working well. I'm not using Simplex right now that much. Um I kind of got into it a little bit, but this is one of the things that I love about Nostr. It's taking the place of all my other shit over one for one identity so I don't have to continuously log in with different stuff. And that's one of the major points about Nostr that I love. And honestly, I just want Twitter and Telegram and Slack and Discord to basically all just collapse into Noster because it just makes more sense. But for you Simplex uh, users out there, desktop app is now being linked to the mobile. Now, here we come to the Wallet of Satoshi issue from a completely different light that has nothing at all to do with Wallet of Satoshi. Wallet of Satoshi voluntarily took themselves off the United States Apple App Store because they knew that they were just going to get hornswoggled by Department of Justice in the long reach of any of the other regulators that we have in the United States. Now, that said, we thought, you know, if anybody thought that that shit was going to end right there, uh, uh, no, because here we have a Noster note from UTXO and he's one of the developers out there and he's he's well known if you don't know who UTXO is i i, I don't know what to tell you. you you need to follow the guy he says i knew this day would probably come but didn't expect it so soon i am being investigated for running an illegal money transmission business in canada that's nodeless anybody heard about nodeless.io if you've listened to guy swan That's one of his, that's one of his uh, sponsors is Nodeless.io. That's UTXO. And he's now being investigated in Canada for running it. Continuing with the note under the advice of my lawyers, I need to shut down the main instance of it. As you guys know, I made Nodeless completely open source in the event that this happens so that others who don't live under communism can run an honest privacy focused payments business to my clients who are using it. I'm very sorry for the short notice, but you'll need to find a new payment processing solution this weekend. By the way, he released this on the 25th of November, Saturday. DM me on Telegram and I will personally walk you through setting up a BTC pay server instance that you can self-host or even your own instance of nodeless. I can't give much more information than this. Not even supposed to say this much, but I owe it to you guys to let you know what's going on to install nodeless on your own server. You can get started here. And then he gives you the GitHub to the nodeless monolith, uh, GitHub repository. I've already downloaded that, that repository in a zip file just in case. That was one of the first things that I did when I saw this. So UTXO who runs nodeless.io has been given his walking orders by the Canadian government, and he can't do anything but comply. But because he had foresight, he made it open source. And he made it to where you could install it on your own machines and run your own instance of it. Because that is the way we need to be thinking about everything going forward. Everything needs to be done like this. Everything needs to be open sourced which is the most terrible thing in the world for sales. But I think we're seeing a wholesale change in the future of the world. That somehow or another, we're going to figure out how to live and be happy and and construct these things without constantly thinking about how much money we can get for it. Because the people that already have all the money they are not interested in us getting any more of it. And hence you get people like UTXO who knows how to develop, makes a good product, getting shut down by the powers that be. Because he's clearly a fucking criminal, even though he probably has no criminal record, never been arrested. I don't know this, maybe he has, but probably not. He's probably not engaged in terrorist activities. He's probably never done anything of the sort and yet here comes the Canadian government protecting you your their fellow Canadians by making sure that this poor guy isn't able to execute so what does he do already understands that that was going to happen and open sources it which means that he can't make any money from it how do we start navigating this type of structure because we do have to eat. We do have to pay bills. Electricity costs money. And not all of everybody wants to go out and live in a cave in the forest like sometimes I threaten to do. Now, one last note from UTXO. He says one good thing that has come about come out of this is that people are now forking nodeless and many have reached out with help or for help running their own instance. I hope we get ahead of Hydra's situation here. Cut mine off, but three new ones appear. Yes, so it, he immediately started, UTXO immediately started getting people calling in saying, help me do it. Help me run nodeless. Help me get an instance up. So now, where once there was one, there are now many. And that is... Is the only way that we can win. But while we're in the process of winning, we still got to figure out a way to make a buck. Because last I went to the shopping market, nothing there is free. You still have to have money to support your family. That's the greatest question that I think faces humanity at this time. Is how to A, not be poor and live under a communist regime, but B, how, how do we navigate around the assholes that absolutely want us to be communist and they already have all the money? How do we not be communist and take back our sovereignty, which, in, which includes us being able to fend for ourselves monetarily and still offer these services like nodeless? It's a difficult question. It's the hard and we need to learn how to do it so that we can turn the hard into the easy. So that once again, we can put that into our toolbox upon which we leverage that which we have made easy for the future. I hope that makes sense. I really do. Uh, There's a couple. There's one more thing. Uh Oh, no, I'm not going to do that one because we are over. We're at 70 minutes, and I think it's time to go. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lit you off with a dad says jokes. I didn't think vodka could help my problems, but it was worth a shot. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.